Hello, this is Shoshana Pupko with the Ava Torah Women's Parshat Shavua Discussion Group for Parshat Kitisa. We begin this week with Moshe remaining on Har Sinai, where he had ascended for 40 days and nights. Moshe learns of the census he will take of the Jewish people, of the kior, the copper wash basin from which the Kohen will wash his hands and feet before performing various rituals, and of the various anointing oils and their intended uses. God then informs Moshe that Bitzalel will be the official architect of the Mishkan, and God bestowed Bitzalel with Chokhmah, Bina, and Dat, with wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Moshe is then given the mitzvah of Shabbat, and among the psukim, we read the paragraph recited in the Shabbat morning kiddush, v'shamru b'nei Yisrael et ha-Shabbat, la'asot et ha-Shabbat l'doratam, etc., etc. Moshe then received the luchot, which he prepared to bring down to the people. But before Moshe made his descent, we learn of the scene below. The people had become terrified that their leader Moshe was lost forever. Aaron tried to stall for time, but he was unable to stop the creation of the Egel Hazahav, of the golden calf. Moshe came down from the mountain, broke the Luchot, and enlisted the tribe of Levi to punish the primary offenders. 3,000 people were killed on that day. Moshe then pleaded with God to forgive the people and demanded that he himself be removed from the Torah if the Jewish people are not granted forgiveness. In the dialogue between God and Moshe, there are some very significant concepts, including the 13 attributes of mercy, the Yud Gimel Midot HaRachamim. And I encourage you to read the text inside as it is, it is rich with meaning. Rabbi Sachs's analysis of the Chet Egel is particularly unique. He analyzed the incident beyond the pshat, beyond the more contextual reading, and in so doing, he reveals one of the episode's many subtexts. Rabbi Sachs saw in the golden calf a sculpture that symbolized what can go wrong when people turn gold, a medium of exchange, into an object of worship. Rabbi Sachs developed this idea, calling it the golden calf syndrome, a situation that evolves when we lose focus so that we know the price of things, but we forget their value. And it's interesting to point out that while the people were building a golden calf at the foot of the mountain, Moshe was up on the mountain learning about the census, which would take place through the medium of a half shekel, a very different use of an object of value. In this context, gold, like money, was a means, not an end. And understanding human nature and the ease with which we can be led down the path of the golden calf syndrome, the Torah offers us a structure to help keep us focused. The solution appears as bookends to the Chet Egel, appearing right before as well as right after the incident. And that solution is Shabbat. In Rabbi Sachs's words, Shabbat is the antidote to the golden calf because it is the day when we stop thinking of the price of things and focus instead on the value of things.
On Shabbat, we can't sell or buy. We can't work or pay others to work for us. It's the day dedicated to the celebration of the things that have value but no price. Husbands sing a song of praise to their wives. Parents bless their children. We take time to have a meal together with family and friends. In the synagogue, we renew our sense of community. We listen to the Torah together, reminding ourselves of the story of which we are a part. We pray together, thanking God for our blessings. Shabbat is the one day in seven on which we live the truth of Benzoma's aphorism, who is rich, one who rejoices in what he has. And Rabbi Sachs develops this idea further, asking us to reflect on the unique antidote that Shabbat has provided historically to the Jewish people. He explains that in the biblical era, Shabbat was a protest against slavery. For one day in seven, even a slave was free. In later ages, it was a defense against poverty and oppression, as many of the poorest Jews felt dignified one day a week on Shabbat. In modern times, Rabbi Sachs suggests that Shabbat has become a counterforce to stress and the ever more intrusive presence of emails, phones, and the pressures of work. He writes, the most important contribution of Shabbat to the late capitalist society of the 21st century is that it reintroduces us into thought and life, the idea of limits. There are limits to our striving, our labors, and our consumption of the earth's finest resources. And I'd like to suggest that Rabbi Sachs's message reminds us of three important aspects of Shabbat. The first we mentioned previously in a different context, and it bears repeating. Limitations and constraints can be truly liberating. The Torah asks us to withhold on Shabbat from some areas of our life to allow for the freedom of expression in other deeply meaningful areas. Second, we're encouraged to think about and deepen our appreciation for the spirit of the law alongside the halachot of Shabbat. While some things may be technically allowed, we are encouraged to refrain from them nonetheless because they detract from the wholesome experience, experience for which we are striving and so desperately need in our lives. And the final point is the importance of our environment in facilitating us being able to truly feel the gift of Menuchat Shabbat, of the spirit and spirituality of Shabbat. This is something we can only accomplish collectively as we are all contributors to our shared environment. And if you've been blessed to spend Shabbat in Israel, you know what I mean when I say that the environment deeply impacts the individual experience of Shabbat. When Shabbat arrives, you can feel it, you can hear it, and you can see it. You're surrounded and embraced by Shabbat. I'd like to conclude with Rabbi Sachs's deeply meaningful words. Shabbat, one of the first commands Moshe gave to the Jewish people, remains as relevant now as it was then. It tells us that happiness 
lies not in what we buy, but in what we are. That true contentment is to be found not by seeking what we lack, but by giving thanks for what we have. And that we should never allow ourselves to be so busy making a living that we have all too little time to live. Above all, we should never be led by the crowd when it stampedes in pursuit of gain. For that is how gold becomes a golden calf.